It is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by friends over at Shady Rays. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We have got a lot to get to, including a programming reminder that the Chris Rose Trivia Show is coming out every day this week at 7 o'clock Eastern. So make sure you check it out on all of our John Boy Media social media channels. It was a ton of fun. We recorded it at the uh, compound out in Arizona during spring training. Stephen Brault was our first victim. He had no idea who Blooper was, the mascot for the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves. Hopefully we will get better from there. How you doing, Ploofy? See, Rosie, what is up? I remember the trivia game in Arizona. I re- that time was a special time in our lives. We had to spend yes. a lot of... Um, we went out that yes, night. We, did. That was, we bonded basically in Arizona. So it, it'll always hold a fond place in my heart. Uh, but I'm ready to talk some ball. I have a prop for today's episode. Wow. Okay. I'm not um, going to tell you when it's going to come out, but it's going to be here. I love that. I can't wait. For those of you that are joining us audio only, you'll have to tune into the YouTube version so you can check out what prop it is. I can't wait. Um, first of all, let's start with the Reds grounds crew that needed an extra set of hands. I felt so terribly for them. I was watching this last night. They were like, yeah, there's rain in the area. And then all of a sudden it just started pissing out there. And this crew had no shot of putting the tarp on. No shot. I've been in situations like this before where, you know, you see stuff on the forecast, but they're always trying to like, you know, let's get these games in. Let's play as long as you can. The grounds crew wants to get the tarp going because they know something like this can happen. And you're right. Like once it gets, too much water on it. It doesn't matter how many guys you have trying to pull that thing. It ain't moving. So any ground screw out there, if you see somebody like at a game and you're near the, the field, just give them a little salute. Cause these guys work harder than oh. anybody to make sure the playing surface is right. And they got to, after something like this, that's a long, long cleanup. And for them to get the field ready to play the next day and make it safe and good. It's a lot of work, so I, I salute. I'll be dudes. I'll be checking out the field tonight because they obviously called it afterward. I would say fifteen to twenty percent of the field was not even covered. It was just, and somebody screwed up here. I don't know if it's the umpires. I don't know if it was the weather forecast people. I don't know who it was, but somebody somebody screwed this shit up because that field looked terrible. And you know, they have so many things they can do now. Obviously the field drains really well, but I've seen them in the minor leagues take uh, blow torches to the field. I've seen them bring a helicopter in to do that. Uh, They squeegee it, whatever they can do. These guys are just, they're MacGyver out there sometimes when they need to be. Yeah. Oh, MacGyver. Good call. That was on TV last night. I was flipping through. I saw an old episode of MacGyver. All right, let's get it going. Uh, Red Sox, boy, they've been playing some good baseball on the West Coast swing. Uh, they're currently third in the American League wildcard standings after their fifth straight win. In the process, they handed the Halos their 12th straight L. Um, one nothing was the final. Did you think that Michael Walker had it in him to throw his second career shutty? I mean, after watching him a little bit last night, yes. I mean, the guy was kind of electric. Like, where was that fastball velocity coming from? Was that just a juiced gun or what? He bring it up, I think, to 97 to get Otani in the sixth inning on a high heater. Uh, but he's been he's been a huge story for them. He's been probably their best starter throughout the whole season so far. Uh, but their pitching has really come around. Uh, their offense has, has been there too. And look, they're, like you said, one game over 500 now. And that's a far cry from where they were. I kind of dipped into Waka's, um, you know, his repertoire and seeing if he's doing anything different. It looks like he's ditching his cutter in favor of a sinker this year. 
the cutter's like never been a good pitch for him. If you like go back and 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 look at it, you know, people hit his cutter, but he always threw it a lot. Now he's got the sinker, which prior to this year, he never threw more than three percent of the time. He's up to 14% with it. So he's got a little bit of this to go with his four-seam fastball at the top of the zone. And you know, he was on last night. And if they can keep pitching like this, you know, with Pavetta and Eovaldi there as well, uh, and Whitlock, like this team can make a run. The, the run differential is right there. The Red Sox uh, obviously can't count them out at all. So if the question is, are you shocked that he threw his second career shutty? The answer is yes. It's that simple. Michael Waka has not been a good major league pitcher since 2018. And that was a year where, because of injury, he only played half the season anyway. He only made 15 starts, I think. Since then, he's now on his fourth team in his last four years. He has bounced around. He has adorned the journeyman label. And he's been a guy where you hope you can get four to five innings out of him. And now the calendar is flipped to 2022. And I don't know exactly what has happened. Um, now he's still not giving them a ton of length. Last night was only the third time he's thrown more than five innings in a game, but if he can give them the type of performance, they will take five and fly every time with this team. Uh, you know, they signed him, they signed Rich Hill veterans for the back of the rotation to fill in while they deal with the Chris sale injury, which is obviously going longer than they had anticipated and everything else. And he's been great. He has been great. And let's remember what he was when he first came up. Remember, he was drafted in 2012, first rounder out of Texas A&M. He made his major league debut less than a season later. And all of a sudden, he's pitching in the World Series. And he's being a postseason star for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then it just kind of fell off. Did you face him when he was good? I faced him with the Cardinals, I believe, 15 or 16 like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Faced him in St. Louis. And, And you're right. But here's the thing, Chris. This is... In the, in the age that we're in now with all the tech and baseball, we always talk about how much it can help pitchers. And we're seeing this more often, these older guys a- adapting, you know, having some sort of pitching coach or some sort of, um, you know, one of the analytical teams saying, look, you need to scrap this pitch. You need to throw this pitch more often. Let's get your grip over here. Let's do all these things, have resurgences in there. I don't know if this is one for Waka. Is he going to be like a, a Rodon or a Gossman type guy? I don't know. But it's, right now he's pitching like that. And until we see otherwise, I mean, you can count on, you can start to count on this Red Sox rotation, which, you know, earlier in the year we couldn't say. Except for Waka, he's, he's actually been good all year. He's going to be 31 That's on not July old, 1st. bro. So it only, I know it's it not, it only feels that way because he's been around, you know, in our baseball conscience for a decade now. You're like, what is he, 34? Oh, well, he's about to turn 31. So, yeah, it's it's been a great signing so far and good for him. Happy for him. Happy for your former teammate, Eduardo Escobar, who became the 11th New York Met to hit for the cycle last night as the Mets ripped off their third in a row. Uh, he and uh, Carlos Carrasco, the stars in their win down in San Diego. It's the first Mets cycle since I saw Scott was, Harrison. Okay, 10 years. I saw it was ago. 10 years. I didn't know. Yeah, but that was in a losing effort. Um, and Eddie did it in dramatic fashion. He needed the triple in the ninth. He got the triple in the ninth. That was, uh, first of all, let's salute him. I'm, I'm a big Eduardo. Escobar. Look at him go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you watch this clip and you, and you see right there, like with his teammates and how fired up he is, that's Eddie, you know, and that's, that's kind of what he brings. 
obviously the cycle four hits. I love that he does it switch uh, hitting as well. So he gets mm. three hits right-handed and hits the bomb left-handed. I, you know, everything about it is awesome, especially ending with the triple Mazzara out there almost got to it and he just hit it right in the right spot. Cause Eddie's not a burner. You know, I, I've played with yeah. Eddie for a long time. He's not a burner, but man, he placed that perfectly. And as soon as he saw it get past Mazzara, that's the only thing that dude is thinking of is get the third base. And he got there with ease. And yeah, man, Fogo power, Fogo to chow. Yeah. That's Eddie. Uh, big picture here. Since Max Scherzer went on the shelf, the New York Mets are 13 and five. How surprised are you? Surprise, man. I mean, this team has definitely surprised me. They're gritty. They do it. They're dogs. I guess I think that's a, it's a really good way to describe how they're playing right now. They're dogs, man. They don't care what's going on. Can you imagine? You told Mets fans, McGill is going to pitch like, Scherzer and DeGrom. They're like, hell yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, but all three of them are going to be hurt. And they would be very sad. But now as a Mets fan, there's no time to be sad, bro. It's just all straight up happy tears if you're crying at all. Well, you know, so it was interesting. Last year they made the trade for Javi Baez and they threw in a guy in Trevor Williams. He was a throw into the trade. And now all of a sudden he's become kind of a critical piece of what they do. You know, he's one of those guys that is extra ammo for when somebody goes down. And he has given them really solid starts. Peterson, who's a former first-round pick, has done his job. Chris Bassett, he had one blow-up start against San Francisco, but other than that, he keeps the Mets in virtually every game that he pitches. Carlos Carrasco has done his job. And so they're just biding time. Until Max Scherzer stops getting bit by his dog and rehabs, and Jacob Degrom continues his throwing program, and we'll see him maybe some point after the All Star break. I'm guessing August. As long as they're in it, that's all that matters. They want to get him healthy. I think it's the right thing to do. So yeah, this team's going to be scary. It's it's fun to dream upon a lot of these teams getting guys back. You mentioned uh, the Red Sox getting Sale back. Obviously, the Mets have getting everyone back. The Padres getting Tatis back. Like the Dodgers, if Muncie can come back and Kershaw. And, uh, there's all these like high end top tier teams that are like right. going to get even better without even making a move, or just getting their their actual roster back in place. So. Uh, it's going to be like, I'm excited for September already. I know we're only in June, but September is going to be wild here. Oh yeah, it will be. Uh, interesting series gets started tonight out in Minnesota. This is a big one for you because you're basically taking on the entire company of John boy media. It's the twins playing host to the New York Yankees. It's Josh Donaldson heading back to Minnesota it's oh, Gary Sanchez getting a chance to face his old team. How big a series is this for the Twins to prove that they can play with the best team in baseball? My usual take on this, Chris, is like, dude, this is a different team. We know the past. We know the 18, 19 years in the playoffs or not years, but whatever it is. The Yankees have been the Twins' dads. There's no doubt about it. But I usually say, look, these are different players. They don't give a shit about what happened in the past. But there seems to be something going on there. So I'm, uh, I'm a little nervous. I mean, Yankees are bringing, I think it's Nestor, Cole, and uh, Tyone, who obviously are just coming off incredible starts. And I think the Twins are matching up with, like, Bundy and my guy Arch. And I, I think maybe a TBD. Uh, 
It's a tough one. They're going to need to come out and bang. I'm hoping Carlos Correa is coming off the COVID list because that's like that little edge maybe they need. That Carlos and Buck, if they can like kind of get that edge going against the Yankees, maybe they have a chance. But I'm a little nervous. I see Dan uh, up in the screen here. He's licking his chops. Anytime Judge goes in and has to play the Twins, I think Dan is ready right now. So it's a big series for them to answer your question. And I'm hoping – you know, a little series victory early in the season like this can maybe, you know, snowball things and maybe you see him in the playoffs and, and oh. end the drought. Oh, That's what you I'm hoping. stop that right now. That's what I'm hoping. You got to start somewhere, bro. It's scary. How <laughs> games is it that they've lost in the playoffs? I think it's like 18 or 19. Yeah, they – well, the Yankees have won six straight playoff series against them. And Minnesota hasn't <laughs> won a playoff series – a playoff game. Forget a series. They haven't won a playoff game since 2004. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But those these players don't know that. Most <laughs> of them don't, have no clue about that. Now, the thing that would worry me if I'm Minnesota is the pitching issue, right? We haven't yeah. seen Joe Ryan because of COVID, and he got off to a sensational start. Over just went on the injured list, I believe, right? Sonny Gray just recently went on the injured list. So – Wrong team to face right now. They're hot. Too, yes. You know that you're not going to score a lot of runs because of the Yankees starting pitching, which has been sick all year. And then the Yankees are going to score enough. How big a deal is the whole Gary Sanchez thing? Obviously, it's it's bigger when he goes back to New York. But is it does it play a role at all? I don't know. I think, you know, whenever you face a former team, there's a little bit of chip on your shoulder, whether it was a amicable breakup or not. Um, you know, and you this was be like, not. Hey, let's let's call it what it was. I mean, Gary Sanchez got dragged through the mud for his defensive play over the last several years. You know, and a lot of nice articles have been written about Gary Sanchez over in Minnesota. So you can see the difference of what he has to work right. with there. I'm very happy for Gary. I think he's found a place that he's uh, content with. Uh, but yeah, the Donaldson thing is is cool to me. And then Gary and I just hope my Twinkies can just come out and play some ball, man. Like, like I said, we just need a little stepping stone, you know, one small step before the giant leap, right? Let's go, Arch. Man. Shut him down. This is baseball, Chris. Anything can happen. Are you trying to convince yourself of stuff right now? I feel like you are. Dude, um, because I'm going to Minnesota in August, and, like, I feel like I've been kind of talking crap about the Twins a lot this year. Um, I'm, so I'm not necessarily, crap. like, a long-term believer in them. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, they need to show you a little bit more. It's They're in first place, really though. The That's what they, everyone's telling me. Hey, we're in first place. What are we supposed to do? I know. But the reason they're only reason they're in first place is because Chicago has just shit the bed this year, and nobody else in the division is. I mean, can push them. You could say that about a lot of teams. Like, they're doing it, and they deserve no a little bit more credit from me, for sure. I'll say that. Okay, so there's five other division leaders. Can you say the same thing about the Yankees? What do you mean? That, well, the only reason they're in first place is because everybody else stinks and there's one team that hasn't performed up to standard. You said about the Mets? What... No, the Mets have been great. There's not a team over 500 in that division, right? Besides them. The Braves just got there. Okay. You know what I'm saying, bro. Stop playing with my Twinkies. Let them live a little bit. They're going to be just fine. I hope they mash the Yankees. If you were to rank Dan the Wark division. is crying on Twitter because they wouldn't pitch to judge. And then they go and win three games. If you were to rank the six divisions in terms of strength, where does the American League Central rank? Uh, 
it's uh in the the cellar with the NL Central. Like they're both exactly. there. Yeah. They're it's fifth or sixth. Although, and I'm like, although let I'm me say, say this: the AL American West, League Central, the AL West isn't anything to like you know to worship right now. It's uh, that's actually looking like a very bad division. I know, I know. It's been some disappointment. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so maybe it's four, five, or six. It's bottom half. We could say bottom Let's half. Let's go, Twins. Let's go. Make it a series. I want to see it fun. The, one arch. of the most memorable games over the last 10 years was that one up in Minnesota where the Yankees and Twins were going back and forth, and Aaron Hicks ended it with a diving catch. That was a, you know, once again, I don't care who wins the games. I did, I like to be entertained, so we'll see. Hey, guys, Father's Day is just around the corner. It is a week from Sunday, and if you're like, God, I have no idea what to get my old man, how about getting something from Manscaped? They have come out with the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver toner, the Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to handle all the goodies out there. It is the gift package for all fathers out there. I'm a dad. I know I would appreciate it if I got that from my two sons. So don't forget, you've got the same trimmer for your body and face. No, we don't do that. Throw that thing out. Get your old man an upgrade. Let him use that lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. I have used it myself. It is silky smooth. All those tough to reach places. No problems. No more ah, ooh, ah, nipping and tugging and all that sort of stuff. We don't have to worry about that. And one of my favorite pieces of the entire package, courtesy of Manscaped, yeah, the boxer briefs. Michelle loves them too. They've got the little cool stripe that says Manscaped on them. Whenever I wear those things, Michelle's like, what up, bro? Let's go for it. And also, I want to save you some dough. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code word baseball today at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code word baseball today. Make your papa smile. Get him something from Manscaped. Hey, uh, Hunter Green, fantastic last night. That rain shortened win against Arizona. Seven shutout, seven plus shutout innings, I think. Or was it just seven? Did they end up starting the next inning? I'll check it. Eight Ks, one hit allowed. Uh, Also, Julio Rodriguez, another homer in Houston. Uh, He now has over an 850 OPS since the beginning of May. He's playing well. First of all, before I ask the question I want to talk about, can we give Hunter Green some serious love for last night? His changeup was hotter than Madison Bumgarner's top fastball of the evening. He's a prodigy, man. He's shown that it's not uh, all hype, too. He's coming up. He's, he's, you know, you knew he had the stuff, but it's translating, man. It's really fun to watch. It's just like so you wish he wasn't on the Reds, kind of, right? No, you do. Why? Seven innings. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. Seven. Um, Because, you know, you want to see a guy. He's struggling right now at times, too, right? He's He's getting he has a long leash there. His peaks have been awesome, right? The the no how the no hit performance uh, against Pittsburgh, the ninety eight one hundred mile an hour pitches he threw against the Dodgers, and then he's had some serious lows. What he gave up five homers in an outing, he's pitched three innings at a time, you know. So yeah, I mean, those are that's all going to happen with a rookie pitcher. I honestly think he might do better on a team where it's like there's a little bit more pressure on him. Mm. I think he's a 
guy that can handle that. I wouldn't say that about every single rookie. In fact, a lot of times I think it's better, for, like you're saying, to be on a team where he has a long leash, can have his struggles, go up and down. But, you know, being around him a little bit and hearing people talk about him, I think he would welcome the pressure. Okay, that's fair. But the reason I brought up the names of Hunter Green and Julio Rodriguez, those are guys who were – they've been top prospects for a while now. And so they came with all the fanfare and the flash and everything else. Give me one young guy who is doing it that we should be giving some serious cred to right now. Here's my prop, bro. You ready for it? Yes. Bam. You got to hold up. Is that Nolan Gorman? Nolan Gorman, my guy from the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a 2018 Bowman Chrome draft, first edition Bowman, graded to a nine mint, 10 autograph. Thank you very much. Wow. Nolan Gorman, if you haven't been watching, has been really good for the Cardinals. 950 OPS. So take that, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, 14 hits in 14 games, six extra base hits. And the thing I love most, Chris, you know, big swing, big kind of like he he gets the A swing off. And when he first came up and throughout the minor leagues, a little bit jerky, had a bigger leg kick. He went through like a mini little slump here as, as he got called up. Uh, I think it was like three or four games. He had no hits in and was kind of like looking bad. He made an adjustment, which a lot of guys have to do when they first come up. They tone the leg, lift down a little bit and just kind of take away any excess movement so they can see the ball a little bit better because this is the show and it's harder to hit in the show. So he's willing to make an adjustment. He's done it. And, man, I mean, we, we've been talking a little bit on baseball today about, like, the good teams are able to draw from their depth in their organization. Yes, you can rank the farm systems, and the people that do that are pretty good at what they do, but you never know what you have until you bring them up. Cardinals have been able to bring up guys that have helped them. The Dodgers are another an example of a team that can bring up guys that can help them at the big league level. Nolan Gorman has come up, and I don't think he's going down. No, he's been hitting cleanup for him too in that lineup. Like, like they're gonna, they're they're going to have you know too many good players on that roster, and they're going to have mm -hmm. to make some decisions, which is really cool. They can deal from a position of depth to go get some at the trade deadline, and yep. Nolan Gorman's going to be part of that for sure. He's twenty two years old, and he looks freaking great. He's amazing. Well, I guess you could call this Detroit Tigers old English D white cap a prop for me. And that's because Tariq Skubal has been a guy. I don't even think we've mentioned his name on this show this year. And he has been dealing and we will see him in Los Angeles in the middle of July because he is going to make the all-star team. His ERA is a smidge over two. I've watched probably five of his starts this year. Good life on his fastball. I think it probably, if you were to ask guys in the batter's box, it probably plays harder than it even says on the gun. Hard, hard slider. The thing I love most about him, 61 strikeouts, only 10 walks so far. He has kept the ball in the ballpark, unlike something he did a year ago. Last year, he gave up 35 bombs. And let's remember, the Tigers, there's been a lot of talk about them because they've had such a good farm system. We've seen Torkelson up here. We will see Riley Green up here. But it was good. If they're getting back into this thing, it's going to be because they're young pitching. Drafted Casey Mize, number one. Matt Manning was a first-round pick. Uh, Fiedo, a first-round pick. Tariq Skubal was not. I think he went to the University of Seattle. I think he was like a ninth-rounder. He was coming off of Tommy John. He's a guy who progressed through the system, but they didn't know exactly where he was going to fit. They had other guys in the pecking order that were way above him. 
And he's, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be the biggest stud out of the entire group. You opened my eyes to something. I didn't know he was having this type of season. We like him on Talking Baseball because of his name, obviously, and we've, we've mentioned him uh, a bit. But I didn't know he was doing this uh, this season. You're right about the home runs per nine. He was over two in his first two seasons. He's got down to a point three. That's nice. Keep the mm-hmm. ball in the ballpark. Uh, like you said, he's not walking people. Good for you. I like that. Yeah, he's nasty. I've watched a couple of his starts against my Guardians, too. The thing I like about him, and I tell this to all the young baseball players, they think they got to strike everybody out. They think they're not allowed to give up any runs. I said, go watch the best pitchers in baseball. Like, who's your favorite pitcher to watch? Could be a Clayton Kershaw. Uh, it could be a Max Scherzer. Could be a Jig- it could be anybody, right? Go watch them when they get in trouble. That's the guys who are the best players in baseball. The guys who minimize the damage, who give up one run when it's bases loaded and one out, and not four or five, because that's when it gets away from you. And I think that's what this kid is learning how to do. I, I love it. I love cool. when, yeah, I mean, he's, he's striking people out too. He's striking out uh, over nine per nine. So uh-huh. that's, that's, good, that's good enough. It's not like a crazy number, like a 12 or a 13 or something. Uh, but also in those situations, you need to be able to swing and miss, get swing and misses, and also induce soft contact. And you're totally right. I love watching guys know how to do that in a situation, know how to get a ground ball when they need to. A lot of those times, the strikeouts are, you know, it's it's tough. You end up walking guys too because you're trying to be too fine, trying to present the ball in the strike zone and have it uh, dive out. A lot of times, hitters are onto that. Your pitch mm-hmm. count goes up. You don't get to work into games. I, I totally agree with you. Soft contact is kind of where it's at. Finally, uh, the other day. Um... National Anthem out in Oakland. Something I don't think we've heard before. Okay. Uh, We don't unfortunately have time to play the entire anthem. You can keep it in the background if you want, Dan. Um, Please don't. That woman was playing the saw. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the saw? I'm going to give it a thumbs up because I think that's a that's talent. You know, it's maybe not the kind of talent that I want to have, but it's a talent nonetheless. And she nailed it. Like, I could see that going really wrong and getting out of tune or out of pitch really quickly. It's kind of like a fretless base type of situation there. She just kind of knows where she needs to be. So I dig it. You know, that kind of sounds like the national anthem when I've had too much of the devil's lettuce, kind of that ooh sound. Okay. So I played this for Michelle. I did not let her see it. I said, tell me what <laughs> instrument this that's is. That's good. Two seconds later, she goes, that's the saw. And I said, what, how do you, how in the hell do you know the saw? She's like, yeah, I used to have a friend, Janine, who I knew Janine. Janine is kind of a eccentric out there. She's like, Janine played the saw. I'm like, what, what do you mean she played the saw? It's like, yeah, I used to hear it. She played the saw for me occasionally. I was like, Jesus, we're not going to a saw concert anytime soon, are we? Michelle's the most interesting woman in the world. I can't wait to hang out There's, with her on Friday night. Friday, you can talk to her about the saw. She'll be disappointed if the if the band's not playing the saw. It's that simple. Um, it was great. I loved it. Two thumbs up. Totally different. I am fully, fully on board. No question. Uh, all right. First thing I'm going to so say. So that'll do it. 
Wait, what's that? You froze for a second. What? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. Quickly, what do you have on John Boy Media? Uh, we recorded the series recap for Talking Baseball yesterday, so that's out. One of the funnier openings of a show we've ever done. If you want, want to go watch the first 10 minutes, go ahead. Like Jake was incredible. Uh, so that was good. And then we're doing, uh, after this, I'm doing the midweek episode that'll be out tomorrow. So go check it out. What about you? Uh, right. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Lucas Giolito is out. Make sure you check it out, particularly if you're a White Sox fan. He uh, he comes clean on, on their struggles and kind of their little meeting that they had with Tony LaRusso lately. Um, gave us some details on that. I also taped with Tyler Stevenson yesterday. Uh, that will be coming out on Thursday. And don't forget about the Chris Rose Trivia Show, which drops every night on our John Boy Media social media channels at 7 o'clock Eastern. For our outstanding producer, the sleeveless Dan Rourke, and my man T. Ploof, I am Chris Rose. Thanks again for tuning into Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.